Hello and welcome to the Daily Homily with Father Kevin Drew. Father Drew is the pastor of St. Anne's Church in Excelsior Springs, Missouri. Father Drew's Daily Mass can be heard weekdays at 11 Central on Catholic Radio Network Channel Gabriel 2. And now, here's Father Drew. Now reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Sisters, Christ has been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through man, the resurrection of the dead came also through man. For just as in Adam all die, so too in Christ shall all be brought to life, but each one in proper order. Christ, the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he hands over the kingdom to his God and Father, when he has destroyed every sovereignty and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he subjected everything under his feet. The word of the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. is taken up to heaven. A chorus of angels exults. The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you, believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm, and he has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones, and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord. Condemned to death by a virgin, the human race was saved by a virgin. So wrote the great father of the church, St. Irenaeus, who died in 202 AD. Irenaeus was a disciple of St. Polycarp, who was a disciple of St. John the Apostle. Another church father, St. Augustine, who died in 430, wrote, By a woman, death. By a woman, life. By Eve, ruin. By Mary, salvation. In the 1500s, devotion to Our Lady disappeared in those lands which succumbed to the Protestant Revolution. The argument went that devotion to Our Lady somehow lessened the honor due to her son. But the great fathers of the church, St. Irenaeus and Augustine, 
obviously did not feel that way. A scholar wrote, we misunderstand God if we think that his glory is diminished when it is shared with his creatures. Quote, God is not like us. And giving away a part, he retains the whole. If this seems strange, consider that God is the only one who can give without loss. He does not act as we do, for we divide our cares among many so that the burden on each may be less. It is not so with the living God. When he joins his creatures to his work, it is not to unburden himself, but to honor them. And so all of the glory remains his. When the fathers taught us that Mary was associated in a singular way with the great work of the Son of God, they in no way diminished the Savior's glory. God is not like us, yet he became like us. It is certain that God could have delivered mankind without becoming a man. Yet it pleased him to redeem us by becoming a man so that the same nature that had been enslaved by the demon could win the victory over him and his overbold companions. Even when the Son of God had resolved to come to earth and to clothe himself in human flesh, he could have made himself a body and a soul without the assistance of his creatures and thus been spared the shame of belonging to a criminal line. Nevertheless, his incomprehensible providence disposed otherwise. It pleased him that grace and blessing should find its origin in this accursed race. Our Lord wanted to be the son of Adam so that his blessed birth would forever sanctify the race that had been infected by sin. Since both man and woman participated in the despoiling of our nature, they would also participate in its restoration. If the corruption of sin had dishonored both sexes, well, it was necessary that the Redeemer of man should honor them both. That is why, as St. Augustine tells us, Jesus Christ, a man, was born of a woman. And because mankind was cast into eternal damnation by a man and a woman, it was fitting that God should have predestined a new Eve as well as a new Adam. So as to replace the old line that had been condemned with a new line, sanctified by grace. We may therefore conclude that just as the first Eve was the mother of all those condemned to die, so the new Eve, Mary, is the mother of all the living, that is, the faithful. Condemned to death by a virgin, the human race was saved by a virgin. Yes, here is the incomprehensible providence disposed by God. It pleased him that grace and blessing should find its origin in this accursed race. And in no way does the virgin's unique cooperation in the saving of mankind lessen the honor due her son. On the contrary, it only enhances it. By a woman, death. By a woman, life. By Eve, ruin. By Mary, salvation.